I'm Carl Summers. And I'm Deirdre Glenn. Your Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. On this episode, Elaine Levy, Chagas Organic Specialist, discusses the opportunities available in organic farming and what's involved in making the move. With a number of enterprises available to organic farmers, what route has the most opportunity for a farmer as regards market availability and potential profit? How many organic producers are there nationally? And if you decide to convert, what are the steps and what supports are in place? The European Union Farm to Fork strategy sets high targets for the organic sector. Ireland currently has 2% of agricultural lands farmed organically. I started off by asking Elaine, can we achieve these ambitious goals? Yeah, I suppose maybe, as you said, uh, Deirdre, the EU fork has an ambitious target there of by 2030, 25% of all EU land to be farmed organically. Currently, the average in the EU is at 8.5%. In Ireland, as you quite correctly said, we're only at 2%. So the, the target, the government, present government target for organic production in Ireland is to align itself with the, with the EU um, of 8.5%. Uh, percent. So yes, that means we have to produce, if you look at the very simply the figures there, 2%, we have to quadruple the level of production. Is that achievable? Um, the, I suppose I'm a very cautious person by personality wise. So look, what I would say to you, we have a, we have a strategy in place. So there is an organic strategy group in place that has a remit to uh, work collectively and to aim and to hopefully achieve that eight and a half percent. And all, in that, are, they're all the stakeholders. So you have the, the, the board BIA, we have ourselves, we have all the stakeholders, processors, the certification bodies. And my own opinion is while yes, we are uh, we are all working and 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 doing all our own work in our own uh, remits, uh, I suppose we all need to work collectively and more collaboratively to achieve this. Also, you would be hoping with this ambitious target that there will be funding given from, first of all, from a policy point of view to uh, to producers, to in, to help producers and to convert to organics and also on the research and innovative side of thing as well funding, extra funding should be available to do all of that and from the marketing side. So if all it all comes in line and you can't have targets without policy and initiatives and all the rest. So yes, you would hope that that it is achievable. Elaine, I suppose when you talk about targets, we always start to worry, wondering can we achieve them mm. or not? And it's almost sometimes like a tick box. But when you think of the consumer and, and, and they're the person that drives our production, if we look into to across Europe, I suppose, the likes of Germany has an organic market worth about 10 billion, France yes, about 7 yeah. billion. Yes. How, how do we compare like in Ireland? What's our market like? Well, just actually, I was looking at figures the last week, board B of figures, and there was figures there issued from them in September 2020, a 52-week uh, end period. And the total retail organic sales in, in Ireland was at 189 million, which was up uh, significantly. So it's growing in quite significantly year on year. Maybe just for the listeners, what, what are people buying? The top three organic uh, pro uh, products that are being bought would be vegetables coming in first, followed by dairy, followed by fruit. And I just worked out that 29% is vegetables, dairy at 22% and fruit at 15%. So they are the 
where we are at with the, the retail market and the value of it. And as I said, it is increasing year on year um, and has been and is predicted to do so. Is that stuff that we're e consuming within Ireland or are we exporting some of that? Yeah, that's a very good question, Carl. In relation to the fruit and veg uh, that we eat, it, there has been figures that in the region of 70% of the organic fruit and veg that are, is purchased is actually imported in. So uh, there's a that shows you that there's a glaring um, opportunity there for organic horticulture is an area which would uh, which could see developing very well in this country that there is an actual demand within the country for it. Looking at the at the dairy side, again, it's a very small sector. Again, down at farm level, you only talk about 60 odd organic dairy producers in the country. So they are not producing all the milk that 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 is being that is being consumed. Maybe that unconscious we're, we're talking to farmers and we're farmers ourselves from the meat side of things. You're talking about the slaughterings in, in Ireland of animals being slaughtered in around the region of excess of 10,000 animals. 30% of approximately, I'd say approximately 30% of that is being is being used in, in the country with seven, in the region of 70% of it being uh, ex exported. Um, so maybe also maybe to talk about on the cereal sides of, of things in, 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 in regards to what's been produced in Ireland, there's only in the region of two and a half thousand hectares of organic cereals being grown in the country. Anybody that that eats porridge for breakfast, the organic oatlet uh, uh, market is, is a, a big demand for there for the, for the likes of Flavins are actively looking for people to grow uh, organic oats for the porridge market. We looked at figures maybe recently or a year or so ago and to feed the to pardon the pun to feed all the sec all the sectors within the organic production sector talking about the the cattle the pigs the poultry all sectors and the porridge etc you're talking about nearly three and a half times the amount of cereals that's been produced at the moment is actually needed within within our own farm gates for the sector so it as you can see it's a it's a sector if you were to just to describe it for somebody listening it's it's made up uh, as you said, the 2% of the land that we're farming organically is made up with less than 2,000 producers and they're farming in the region of 74,000 hectares of land. So that's representative of right across all the sectors. And you're talking about in the region of the sector being made up about 70% of livestock farmers. So that's the biggest enterprise. So that will show you in itself what I've just told you about the markets. It's it's filtering down into the into the production level at farm level as, as regards what's being produced. From the farmers that you're working with, what do you believe really drives them towards organic farming, Elaine? Yeah, Deirdre, I'd say there's a few types of farmers. We, you know, not just any type of farmer. I suppose what I would be doing, right, okay, you have uh, organic, you have conventional farmers uh, that are looking at and are looking at uh, uh, options and uh, organic farming is seen now and I, I in my own experience and in the years working is seen as a more viable option for diversifying and I would have come across in the last number of years a lot of farmers are and organic farmers a lot of very good stories where they have actually gone to direct sell direct to the consumer and they're using organic as a label to do so. So that is one definite route that they want to they want to actually have full control from farm to fork literally and and find organics a good way of doing that. Secondly, again, we're all looking. We all may 
we're all thinking maybe differently than we did 10 years ago. A lot of them see them as a, as a more environmentally friendly manner way of farming, sustainability. When you when I'm in talking to a group and I ask them, what when you think organic farming, what do you think of? And they all say no fertilizers, no pesticides, etc. So farmers are looking to reduce their inputs and to farm with without without any of these. And so that's a, that's an option. Also, I can't sit, sit here and not say the organic farming scheme, the grant that's available for the five year organic farming scheme from from the from the department of the organic unit department of agriculture that also is a consideration so it's a very it, I, there's no one one shoe fits all it's for a number of reasons and also it depends on whether they're new to farming whether they're taking over a farm whether they want to maybe sometime some people would do it maybe for a lifestyle choice that they can farm and be at home and and so there like no like all other enterprises there's a number of, of, of reasons Lane, I know I sent one of my clients to you recently to, that are interested in going organic yes. and they want some information. To, and I think yes. you were to discuss the organic farming scheme that you just mentioned there. But if if you have a farmer like that, hmm. can you tell me about the organic farming scheme and what are the steps to conversion? Yeah, like, OK, Carl, if somebody comes to me and wants to talk about organic farming, you, you kind of, yes, what are the steps? I suppose... When we talk about about organic farming, a farmer or the farm undergoes a conversion for in, to convert to organic. I think sometimes the farmer are, needs to convert themselves to first before they actually make the step to convert the farm because they need to gather information. So what I would possibly say to them is we chat about what type of enterprise they have. I, you know, they really need to, to consider what kind of a system they have at home and really you know, we've talked and we mentioned there at the start, you can't use fertilizer, you can't use sprays, but they really have to think about this themselves, literally looking out, out the farm gate. Can I farm without doing any of these? That's really, the, are they are they confident that they can do that? Look at, uh, also, um, I suppose they need to look at maybe what changes they have to make, the practical changes they have to make on the farm as well in relation to uh, housing, animal housing, veterinary treatments, health, etc. So you need to take a look at all of that. Also, if they're a, a cereal farmer, they have to look at maybe like they can't continuously crop the whole time. So are they going to put a plan in place? Crop rotation is very important. So they need to take a look at that. From the livestock systems, then they need to look at, you, you still have to produce grass and you have to produce it 365 days of the year also. So in organics, we said the bag of nitrogen fertilizer isn't allowed. So how are they going to achieve this? Are we going to start looking at clover, etc.? I don't want to go too, but these are the kind of the headline things to look at. As in relation to finding information, then I would suggest that the, we have um, we have a 25 hour organic farming principles course that people can do. And that is a requirement for acceptance into the organic farming scheme. But even if you weren't thinking about that, to learn about organics, and I have had several people that have done this course and they're only joining the scheme now 10, 10 years later. So it's a good way of finding what exactly this is all about. And we look at a pretty a lot of aspects of it. So that course is available and we have a waiting list. Uh, I suppose also we've had um, a very good uh, demonstration farm program with the Chagas and the uh, Department of Agriculture for the last number of years. Very, very successful. Quite simply, it's a series of farm walks right across all types of farms. You get to talk to the farmer, the advisors, the certification bodies, the processors, the department. So that's a good way of, of, of finding out. 
look at if you want to just quite simply, we're all here from Chagas. If you want to contact your local Chagas office, we would have a number of contact advisors there that would be able to take a call and go through the initial conversation with you. There's myself and then myself and my colleague, Joe, Joe Keller, are backing up the advisors and we can take it on board with them if it needs to be developed further. So that's the kind of way as regards the, the steps to conversion. You need to look at the money side, the profitability of it. People will ask me, well, is organic farming profitable? I say yes, but it depends. And like everything else, it will depend on the number of factors. Ultimately, the quality of land you're standing on, what you can produce, and all those factors will take into consideration. So they're the kind of things you need to look at. I know I've gone around the houses a bit, but maybe just in relation to the, the scheme call, presently that scheme is closed. That opened up in, um, it opened up in springtime and closed. So the, the applications for that is, is closed at the moment and we don't know uh, when that scheme will open again. It's a five-year scheme and it's area-based payment scheme over the five years. I suppose maybe just to answer your question, if you if somebody is, yes, I want to convert and they've done their homework and they're, yeah, I'm going to make this move. What do I do? What are the steps then? The steps then is in Ireland, they, they are, uh, the Department of Agriculture are the competent authority to ensure that all the regulation is, is uh, in place by all organic farmers, producers, processors. And they're based, the organic unit is based in Johnstown Castle in Wexford. And they've given the role of the inspection and licensing of, let's say, all organic farmers to the certification bodies. So the first thing, there are two certification bodies in Ireland for land-based uh, operations, and they are the Irish Organic Association and the Organic Trust. So the first step is to collect is to contact the organic certification body. They will send you an application pack, etc. And you have to put a plan and put paperwork and they will guide you through all of that for your farm and send that back to the certification body. And what they do, then they will send out an inspector and you will have an annual inspection by the certification body every year at the end of every year. And at the end of every calendar year, it's like your TV license. You have to renew your organic license. You have to pay a fee to the certification body every year. And there is a link. There is a cross reporting mechanism then between the certification body and the, and the organic unit of the Department of Agriculture. What enterprises hold the most opportunity for an organic farmer at the moment? And does it depend on where you live or access to certain markets, for example, dairy, dairy farming, for example? Um, what? Yeah, based on what I've said, it, look, in relation to what what are the if you're selling four feet out the gate or grain, what markets are available at the moment it, from an organic cereal, as, as I've said there from the cereal market, there is big market demands there for, for your organic cereals. You have, you have, as I said, you have the likes of the oat uh, market in the form of Flahavans. You have, like when you're talking about farmer buying feed and all the rest, it's very, very expensive to buy organic feed. You're in excess of 500 euros a ton. So there is definitely there opportunities for trading from farm to farm uh, and for all the various various enterprises. And then to a lesser extent, you have the likes of there's a boat malt whiskey. There's a number of farmers into that. So the more, I suppose, I hate to say the word niche markets for it from a cereal point of view. From a, from a horticulture point of view, certainly, as I said, there's a huge gap there. 
Uh, what I would say, I'm not from a horticulture background, is from a horticulture background, it's a very specialized area. So you, it's not just a simple go out and dig the garden. You know what I mean? There is, it's very specialized. But what does amaze me with some of the horticulture farmers I would be talking to is, as farmers, we talk about area of land and the more area you need, but it's amazing what they can do on such small areas. The sheep and beef, uh, in relation to sheep and beef, there's only one, there is only one main processor of organic lamb in Ireland, and that is Irish country meats in Camolin in Wexford. So again, there would be, as what there would be a high percentage of the organic lamb being produced, it's the market is underdeveloped, so work has to be done there. In relation to the, the beef side, the processor side, you have two, you have two processors there. You have um, good herdsmen based in, in care in Tipperary. They're also with ABP and you have Slaney Meats in Wexford. Again, uh, um, what I would say there, you would need careful planning as regards getting to the slaughter, animal slaughter. People are booking animals in a year or so in advance. So it is a challenge there, certainly. And the dairying side of things, yeah, we have, again, Joe would be more informed there, but from the dairying side of things, uh, you have the likes, a lot of you will know Glenisk, Arriva, Arabon are all taking organic milk. Again, there's only 60 odd organic dairy farmers. What I would be saying to people thinking about that is it's a bit different. The whole area from marketing in organics is go and talk to dairy processor and, and talk to them before you make a decision and find out from them what the plan is going forward. So that's um, kind of the kind of the whistle stop of the of, of the markets. And with my Wexler jersey on and delighted to see the yellow bellies are leading the way there on the, the meat front on here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But go, going back, you've touched on this already. So going back to the bread and butter of a farmer that goes conventional farming into uh, organic farming, the, the actual farm management side of Elaine, I suppose, is what people worry about. And you touched Absolutely. on fertility and nitrogen fertilizer and phosphorus and all the other stuff that goes with it, pesticides. What are the main skills, I suppose, or what, how, how do you, I suppose, yeah. replace... How do you do all that without, yes, yes, and get yes. The same result? Yeah. Yes, and it's, it's, it's a question I get all the time. One of the questions is, I'm not going out with a lot of fertilizer, I'm nearly organic, but yeah, look at as you quite say, there's there's no quick fixes in, 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 in organics. And what how I'll answer this by saying, first of all, is that in 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 organics is a whole farm approach that you have to look at. And uh, uh, there's no quick fix solution. So you have to look at from a nutrient point of view, you're going to feed the soil. So from a nutrient soil fertility, what you're producing on the farm is very important. The slurries, the farmyard manures, that they're managed correctly correctly. Yes, you can take in other uh, organic manures from non-organic farms, provided it's not from a factory farming setup. So if there's a dairy farmer down the road, you can take in, you can take in slurry from that farm. But you can't take in, let's say, if, if I was talking to a group in County Cavan, Monanary, you can't take in pig slurry, for example. That's not permitted. So it's a, from a free range system that you can take in uh, you can take in manure. So that's available to you. I'd say another thing is planning is very, very important. And I know planning is important in all types of farming, but you, planning is really, really important and attention to detail. Because uh, as I said, I, I would talk to some farmers and they would have, for example, from in a serial situation that know nearly for the next 10 years, their crop rotation. So you have to plan your rotation. So you need to know 
I suppose, the fertility you're starting with and then what crops you go with. So just quite simply, you go with crops that need a lot of nutrients at the start when the soil is fertile and you, you plan accordingly. So simple things like that. The whole area of uh, clover, you will never go and talk to anybody, a farmer in organics, without clover coming up. So the whole area of clover is very, very important. And you've, you've touched on that with some of your previous with multi-species clover. So that is a cornerstone of, of production. And I, I think another aspect as well as that is um, the whole thing is that you have to be, and maybe it's not, it's not a farming practice, but it's something you really need to think about is when you start farming organically, you don't stand still. So you're, you're, you're trying to introduce a new enterprise or do something differently. An example I would have would be, I had an organic farmer who went into, that was a beef finisher, doing it very, very well, stuck with cow to beef finishing. I was out one day and we were just walking around. I said, would you ever think of, of going cereals? sort of looked at me and you know I we had the conversation there's a market demand for there you 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 can do it uh, and I was talking to him and we always joke about it now three or four years down the road this week I was talking to him and he got over two ton of organic oats to the acre and is heading down to Flavin so you have to be willing that you don't stand still and I'm not saying that conventional farmers don't stand still but you have to be looking the whole time to the market and what your ability of your land can do and can you tweak that bit more production out uh, within all the parameters of farming organically. Yeah, and on the fertility side, I'd be confident, confident enough with, with clover and now that you said you can import slurry and that kind of stuff as well, that, that's a big help. Just one other question that people would ask before we wrap up. Um, say, for example, you had a cow with mastitis, and where do you go with that? Is it about breathing that out and getting or? Right. Okay. Tree. Let's say you, yeah, first of all, look at our animal. We, we've talked a lot about production. We've talked about soils and all the rest. Animal health and welfare is paramount in organics. There are regulations as regards routine veterinary treatment is not allowed and there are limits and uh, there's longer withdrawal times. But if you've got a sick animal or a cow with mastitis out there, you treat that cow accordingly and it's, and it's recorded. But the main thing is to remember that there's only, a, and I can't tell you, there's only a certain amount of treatments that that animal can get for within a 12 month period and she has to be taken out of the system. She can't become organic. But overall a sick animal is treated it's longer withdrawal times and it is allowed yeah no because that's one one of the main yes and so. it's one that comes up oh absolutely and it's one of the key principles the health and welfare of animals is, is key uh, there are regulations as regards as we said number of treatments withdrawal times etc but an animal is not allowed to suffer no way and you need your veterinary supervision and it's all to be recorded accordingly yeah, but look, Lane, certainly an increased interest amongst farmers lately in regards to organic mm -hmm. farmer and with, with lots of opportunity, it's great to see a good support system in place for farmers to help and help to make the move, I suppose. So really enjoyed your chat today. Thanks, Thanks so Elaine. And thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of the Chagask Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to Elaine Levy, Chagask Organic Specialist, for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Cahal Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, signpost to farm sustainability.